as I laid out a message tonight on the Holy Spirit. You reckon he's been here? But I was thinking as Brother Richard was testifying about when he fell, fell out of that tree and messed his back up and God gave him a chance that he heard the voice of God call his name. You read your Bible, God called a lot of men's names. Adam, where art thou? Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? A lot of times that God spoke out of heaven in an audible voice where men heard it. And I'm glad that some men listen. Sometimes we have to get to where we can't see this world before we can see the things that God really wants for us. I thought about, wonder what kind of conversation that Daniel had with God all night there in the lion's den. I wonder a lot of times what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and God was talking about when they were walking around in the fire. I mean, I think of things like that. I, I, I may be peculiar. I may be different, but I just wonder what they're talking about. I can tell you one thing they wasn't talking about, the circumstances in. They wasn't feeling no heat. They wasn't feeling no harm. <laughs> I just wonder if they wasn't just talking about what heaven's going to be like. Can you imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Jesus there together and Jesus saying, boys, heaven will be nothing like this. (laughs) I mean, I'm just talking about for Dennis tonight. And you think about as he was on the road to Damascus and he was going to persecute the church and God spoke to him, called his name. Not this hey you, but called his name out. And somebody else had to lead him then. And then one of God's men really didn't want to go down and talk to him because he's afraid of him. Sometimes that's where the church is already at, isn't it? Afraid to go do the work of God. Afraid that Satan will jump on them. And we've had this conversation of late, Brother Terry and I, anytime you do something for God, Satan's going to jump on you. I don't care if you do a little bit for God or a whole lot for God. Satan don't like it. And you think about all the men that God called their name out and what they did. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, well, Lord, you know I love you. Well, why did he say it again? Peter, do you love me? Well, I can tell you what, that's the first indication he's a Baptist because God had to ask him two or three times the same thing, right? Now think about that. How many times does God have to speak to our heart to even get us to testify at church? How many times does God have to prick our heart for we'll come ring this bell or raise our hand or 
or do anything for God. Stand up and say, preacher, I got to testify. Preacher, I need to sing a song. Preacher, I need you to pray for my family now. See, that's the trouble with most of us. The Holy Spirit moves, and, and when the Holy Spirit's moving, we miss the movement of the Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit's saying pray and pray now, that's what he means. Pray and pray now. Not wait till the sermon's over or, or the song's over. You can always restart a song and a sermon. Sometimes the Holy Spirit gets offended and he won't come back. Till you pray and repent. Now think about that. What if you'd miss the opportunity here tonight for the Holy Spirit to use you as an individual? We all been blessed. Every person in this room has been close to death. Without exception. You say, preacher, how you know that? You were born, weren't you? You was close to death when you came into this world. And by the way, you started dying the moment you were born. I don't know when your last second will be, but one of these days God's going to end it. And I just wonder when I stand before God, will he be pleased with me? You say, well, preacher, you ought to know that. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to keep thinking it my way. That way I keep working towards doing a little better than what I have done. Because if I get to the point to where I thank God, well, he's well pleased with me, I'm going to get it easy at Zion and do nothing. That's where the church is right now. As Brother Terry says a lot, between action and amen. Yeah. We want to see the hand of God move. We want to see souls saved. But we don't want to do nothing to help it. You say, preacher, how can you say that? Well, if you really wanted to help a soul be saved, you'd mind the Holy Spirit when it comes through. Because you may be that key. You might say that one word. And believe it or not, sometimes that's all it is. <laughs> sometimes it's just somebody said, Lord, if somebody will stand up and testify, I'll go. If somebody will just mention you or sing a song... We've heard that a lot, haven't we? Well, if Joe sing that song again. <laughs> Ain't it funny how we argue with God? And God all the time trying to help us to understand the movement of the Holy Spirit is different than what we think. The Holy Spirit that God is trying to relate to people is a spirit that is drawing them closer to him. And you might have, and I've had this, and I know Brother Terry has and a lot of you have, been reminded over the years, you remember when you said this? Of course not. I didn't remember it 15 minutes after I said it. But it stuck in their heart. It's stuck in their mind. See, God wanted it there at that time. How many times you heard that over the years, Brother Terry? You remember when you preached this message? You remember when you said this? You remember when you done this? I have never forgot it, I've heard them say. 
And you might be the very one to say those words as the Holy Spirit would lead you. We've all got something to brag on him about. Lord, I could stand up here for the next hour and tell you what he's delivered me from. Amen. I'm serious. You say, preacher, listen, you're looking at a miracle a thousand times over. And that's all of the ones that I know about. How many times did he have his hand between me and dead? And I didn't have enough sense to even know he had his hand out there. When you go between two trees at over a hundred mile iron jerk both door handles off and you don't hurt yourself, somebody was driving. I'm not Richard Petty. I can't drive that good. Yeah, got up next morning, both door handles gone. I remember where I lost them. I remember what I was doing. And to this day, 50 years later, I'm still saying, how did I go between them two trees and not kill my crazy self? How many times you been there? When, when it was all the dust settled, you said, how in the world did I come out of that? How did I live? Like Brother Marvin was testifying, people around him saying, he ain't going to make it. They don't know the God that we know, do they? I, I wish I knew how many times that people's looked down over me and said, he ain't going to make it. And I'm still here today because God has a purpose for every one of us. God has a reason that you're still here. And I like what old man C.A. Hensley taught me many, many years ago. Son, you'll see and talk to people that I'll never, ever meet in my life. You've been there. You've done that. You know how it is and how to get out. And he said, you can help them, and I can't. So everything that you went through in your life has been for you to be able to be a better witness for the Lord. Every struggle, every trial that you've had to go through. That's an overcomer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, when I looked at my brother Marvin up there in the hospital, he looked pretty rough. But he looked normal. I knew God had left him here for a reason, for the testimony that he's given all these years. Have you got that same kind of testimony of what God has delivered you from? That's the Holy Spirit tonight telling us that we ought to be remembering what God has really done for us as individuals. I was thinking as Terry and Della has been going through losing their, their friend, I put it that way. I've had a few of them friends over the years. You know them old dogs and horses and things that you get attached to. The very first funeral I'd done after I got saved was my own dog. And that was a tough funeral. Amen. You say, why, that's crazy. Well, it might be to you. It really might be. But when that old dog's the best friend you got. Amen. He may not mean nothing to nobody else, but he was a good friend to me. I could open the door, he'd go with me. It didn't matter if I fed him or not, he'd still go with me. 
It didn't matter if I talked to him mean or not, he'd still go with me. Amen. Now you think about that. I've had a lot of friends, as long as you feed them, they'd go. When you quit feeding them, they quit going. Amen. You talk bad about them, mean to them, they wouldn't go with you no more. Oh, yeah. And you get attached to those things. But that's that in itself is a testimony of how God shares his love. And I said all of that to say this. When will the next one of us check out? Brother Orlando was telling me about that 41-year-old man. Healthy, healthy, healthy. Came in, sat down, fell dead. 41-year-old. That's not old, folks. And you think about it. He had no history of any sickness, no illnesses, no nothing. He never said, I'm hurting. He never told nobody that I'm sick. He just came in, sat down in his house, and fell dead. So any one of us could check out next. So shouldn't we use that sweet Holy Spirit that's speaking to us now to go ahead and brag on him now? Say, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to get up off the ground. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that that I passed up a hundred thousand times probably, and you still come back and knocked on my door one more time. Lord, let me thank you tonight for the things maybe that I ain't even thought about thanking you for. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. There ain't a soul in this building can eat up all the groceries you got in your house right now, tonight. You probably couldn't eat it in two weeks if you eat everything in your house. That's a blessing, isn't it? Got a place to lay your head. Most of us got a paycheck coming in from somewhere. Yeah. And we want him to say, thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord, for loving me. Loving me for loving me. Now, Lord, help me to love you. Help me to love you. We're fixing to turn over a new year, the Lord willing, in a few days. How many remember Y2K? And all that was going on, the whole world was going to shut down, wasn't it? People went crazy. I guarantee you these people still got food that they put up. (laughs) I could name one tonight that I know spent in excess of $100,000 to prepare for Y2K. Dug a bunker. Had it built. Wood stove put in. Portable generator put in had topsoil hauled in and made a place for a garden. I'm serious, folks. Bought every gallon can of food that they could find and stacked it up in that bunker. And I looked at them, and they was bragging about all that they had, and I said, I want to tell you all something. 
Y'all wasn't born and raised around here. This crowd around here will kill you for what you've got. They said, what? I said, people get hungry, they'll kill you. They'll blow the door off that bunker to get in that food if they have to. But I've often thought after all of that, he even put $50,000 cash in that bunker. And I thought, let me tell you something, friend. If they ain't nothing to buy, what's $50,000 going to buy? I never read a whole lot when I was in school, but I read a book about, and I wish I could remember the name of it. It was about after the war in Germany. And the whole moral of the whole book was, before the war and before all of that, you could take a couple of dollars and go down to the store and buy a loaf of bread. And this same guy, this rich millionaire man, had a wheelbar load of money to buy one loaf of bread. A wheelbar load. I've never forgot that book for that reason. He was rich. He was a millionaire. He thought he had everything he needed. And here's taking a wheelbar load of money to buy one loaf of bread. You say, preacher, things like that don't happen. 1983, when Brother Glenn Griffith went to the island of Jamaica for the first time, it took a dollar and 15 cent American to get one dollar Jamaican. Two nights ago, I talked with Brother Orlando. I said, Brother Orlando, what's the rate of exchange now? He said, 150 to 1. When I went over there in 99, it was 65 to 1. So since 1999, it's already over doubled. $1 American will get you $150 Jamaican. And that's at the bank. Black market will even do better than that. So don't depend on your wallet. Sure can't depend on the government. We better start listening more to the Holy Spirit of God. He's preparing us. He's preparing a place for a prepared people. And there's coming a prepared day when it'll all be over. Let's stand.